0: We're live and we're rolling. Welcome back to The Real Venture, a fresh perspective on real estate, technology, and business trends for young entrepreneurs by young entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Peyton, joined, as always, by my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are we doing today?
1: Uh, Not too bad, Peyton. It's good to hear from you, but uh, I think we've got a little bit of something extra today. Is that right?
0: We sure do. Joining us today is Opie Apersakura and Opie is an entrepreneur and founder of Austin Food Heads and has massed a following of over 35,000 followers on Instagram. And he's here today to talk a little bit about how he built this brand and you know, some other uh, tips and tricks that he can pass on to you young entrepreneurs at home as you guys are getting started in your own careers. So with that being said, Opie, how are we doing today? Good, Peyton. Thanks
2: for having me today. No,
0: no problem. No problem. Um, let's start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do?
2: Yeah. So I, um, so I'm Opie. I'm actually originally from Madison, Wisconsin moved down to Austin, Texas in 2016, been here for about 5 years. I actually work in tech sales, but also started a my own venture and run a social media management and digital content creation company known as Food Heads. As you said, and essentially, you know what we do is we help small businesses and, you know, local restaurants and bars promote their brand through our social media platforms.
0: Okay, very nice. And you know, I think it's always really important to ask people, you know, you know, what's your origin story? So what is what is Austin food Head's origin story?
2: Yeah. So essentially, uh, when I moved down here, uh, you know, I kind of have to thank my mom because she's kind of the one that kind of inspired me to do this to find a hobby. And, uh, you know, I heard all the, you know, the food scene here was fantastic. So my friend and I, you know, started an Instagram account just to go for fun. And we started documenting different restaurants in different places. And, you know, we broke a thousand followers in a month. And, you know, that kind of took off. And ultimately, at my, you know, old, my current job, I had someone, you know, help me figure out, you know, how to essentially kind of grow the platform. And, you know, here we are today. Well, that's very
0: cool. So let's talk a little bit about your following. So like I said earlier, uh, 35,000 followers,
2: that's a ton. Mm -hmm. So why don't you walk us through a little bit about, you know, how that came to be? Yeah, so essentially, when it came to the following, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, got some guidance from you know someone that who's been in the space who had about fifteen to twenty thousand followers at the time when I had about a thousand, and kind of got some tips and tricks from her. And one of the big things that she mentioned was essentially to start building your brand, and by building your brand, that essentially means creating good content and creating that content on a on a repeated basis. So that's something that I essentially started doing. The other thing that she also mentioned was to start using utilizing hashtags, which is something that you think that you, know, you see hashtags, you think that's kind of corny, but they actually do work and it helps extend your reach to a larger audience. So that was a big thing that she also mentions when I started doing and then started tagging these big accounts as well. And when I say big accounts, bigger accounts within the food space that got their attention. And that also helped, you know, create that engagement within the platform that helped, you know, expand my reach. And then within six months, my account hit 10,000 followers. So would you would you say that 10,000 followers is kind of that threshold from from
0: moving from, you know, like a startup account, if you will, into something that's that's legit?
2: Yeah, I would definitely say it is because it gives you that credibility. Uh, one big feature with having 10,000 followers is that you have a swipe up edition, which essentially means that, you know, you can put direct links and tag other accounts or other websites to your actual page and get people to actually go to that. I think just the, you know, the symbolic sign of 10K, you know, shows just some credibility within Instagram itself and uh, I think a lot of people respect that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, you've been at this for for quite a while. Are you using similar strategies to uh, how you did it uh, when you started or have things changed quite a bit?
2: Yeah, so things have changed quite a bit. So um, if you're not familiar, Instagram has an algorithm now that essentially uses detections of what Post you 're interacting with online, right so in the past you know, four or five years ago, if you 're looking at Instagram, you would essentially look at the posts that were posted based off the time that they were posted right so if uh, you know I post something right now, it'll show up on your timeline right now if this was four years ago. Now what Instagram does is it goes based off how you interact. So for example, Luke, if you and I you know, are interacting with each other on Instagram, then my posts will essentially show up on your feed. If you and Peyton are, are not interacting on Instagram, but Peyton is fo- or you are following Peyton and Peyton posts something today, you will see my post instead of his just because of the engagement that we have within our the community that we're essentially kind of building within Instagram. So like when you post an Instagram story,
0: you can see who views it and mm-hmm. it's seems like there's a relatively random assortment of people that are looking, but is that another way that LinkedIn LinkedIn or not I'm sorry, not LinkedIn. Is that another way that Instagram is displaying who you interact with the most?
2: Yeah, so it essentially is. So you have they so you one big thing to you know, kind of go back to what Luke was asking is one thing that you know I'm doing differently now than I was in the past is interacting with all the different types of accounts that I'm following but also are following me because I want to make sure that they see our content but then also that they interact with that content because then that means that they'll be coming back to the page, they'll be liking it, commenting it, so on and so forth. So that's something that is really significant to do is to be building a community in Instagram. That's a big thing now is that Instagram wants to see you building a community and being on their platform for as long as possible. So when it comes to the actual
0: components of building the community, like you just said, you can like, comment, um, share their stories, things like that. Are any of those weighted differently? Or are they all count as interactions.
2: Yeah. So with the algorithm, uh, right now, the big thing is you might think that liking a post is the biggest thing, right? Because the first thing you look at is how many likes do you get on this post? And it's easy. Yeah. And it's easy. It's just double tapping the picture, but ultimately that's not really that much engagement. Because if you think about it, I could literally just have my Instagram app up, watch TV and just double tap every time, right? Instagram wants to see some more substantive type of interaction. So With that being said, the biggest interaction is essentially saving a post or sending the post to someone else because essentially that's showing Instagram that, okay, you're saving something mean that that's something that you're interested in. Or if you send it to someone, then you're sending that to someone else and it's going to have natural reach to another audience because ultimately if they like it, then it's just going to be a domino effect. They're going to send it to their friends and their friends and so on. Commenting is also very important because it actually takes an effort to click on the comment and type some words in another tip is when it comes to increasing your engagement you shouldn't just comment an emoji or you know one word uh, statement you should try to make it at least five words because if you can make it at least five words Instagram will see that it's valuable and then we'll essentially start you know creating that uh, community like sense between the person that's commenting on it and then the person that's posting that post as well gotcha so when when you're interacting with you know,
0: users as food heads. So you're commenting on those big accounts. You're doing more than
2: five words. You're sharing it with other people, things along that line. Yeah, exactly. And another big thing is too, is as, you know, being behind food heads, I want to show my followers or the community that, you know, I actually do care about what they're also posting too. Right. And I think they take a lot of appreciation to that. So making sure that you go in and, you know, comment, you know, certain things and, you know, helping them feel good about what they're doing as well, I think is very important. And it, you know, it pays its dividends, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that, you know, you always got to
0: have one eye on the future, right? So, you know, are there any new trends that you're kind of identifying in 2021 uh, that you see, you know, Instagram starting to implement things that are kind of starting to shift in that direction?
2: Yeah. So I think a big thing is to that point are the Instagram reels, right? So that's another great way to increase engagement. And that's something that I would highly encourage those of you that aren't doing to start doing that because essentially it's still in the early adoption phase. And if you start doing that, then Instagram will start, putting your post on the explore page. The goal is to get on the explore page. If you can get on the explore page, then all your posts will start hitting the explore page. And then you're going to get a natural reach further than your following audience. So that's a big thing that uh, you know we've started doing on our end. And we've seen a lot of big results from that standpoint. Wow. Okay. So goal is is the for
0: you page and just, you know, posting an, another form of content, like a reel, just Expands the opportunities for other people to consume your content.
2: Yep, exactly. And um, I also think that you know, video content is kind of where Instagram is going towards. Because if you think about YouTube, YouTube has a ton of video content, and Instagram is kind of building that out with Instagram Reels, IGTV, more story video highlights. The more you can do that, the, the better, because ultimately, if you're watching a video, that's going to take longer than you just looking at a picture and Instagram is going to detect that you're on that you know person's page longer. So that means that they're going to essentially go to the algorithm is going to detect that and the algorithm will start sending their posts to you, right? It's the same thing as, you know, going online and looking for a new watch. If you type in a watch on Google, you're going to start getting watch ads on any of your platforms because Google is going to detect that you're looking for a watch and you're in the market for it. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, Obi, I don't know um, uh, if you have any thoughts around this, but I, I, you know, I was, of course, just doing a little bit of uh, research on kind of Austin Food Heads and all that stuff. And I was, you know, checking out your Twitter and I was wondering, like, what is the relationship that you, you know, have between your Twitter and your Instagram account? Like, is there any strategy that you have in um, allowing your followers to consume content on both, I mean clearly your content is more geared towards Instagram, but uh, you know do you pay attention to other mediums
2: yeah that's a that's a good point So when it comes to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Instagram is where i 'm heavily focused on because if you think about it, people like to see food. They don't like to read about food, right? So on Twitter, I definitely try to post uh, my pictures on there, but ultimately, you know, people use Twitter to read than look. So I usually, you know, try to push my content out on Instagram and Facebook because that's where you people can actually see those images and those videos. But Twitter's a little bit harder just because you only have that certain character limit that you can put on there. And, you know, typically people don't look on. Twitter, at videos as much as they do on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook as well.
1: Yeah. And so what is the, uh, the like in your mind when you're, when you're posting stuff on Twitter, you know, it, like what is the goal that you have in doing that just to engage a different type of person or what?
2: Yeah, to essentially, you know, engage the, you know, different type of demographic, but then also just for the brand, right? Because if you think about any type of brand, they're going to be across all platforms. So just to have that exposure saying, okay, we are, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Ideally, it would be great to have the following on every single platform. At the end of the day, if you're able to get it on one platform, then that's what it really, that's what you really need to really take off and, you know, kind of go from there.
1: Got it. Yeah. And so, all the, you know, if somebody's coming up uh, to you asking that, like, you know, um, whether or not they should be kind of worried about engaging on a multiple different platforms, how do you think, do you think you try to start and, and cast your net wide when you start, or do you just really focus on one and then kind of pick up the others later?
2: I mean, you can take that either way. I would say, you know, start with one that you're most com- comfortable with and confident with and then grow with that and then, then start building out the other ones as well, just because you don't want to fall too far behind with the other platforms, but ultimately you want to put your focus on one area where then you can essentially take that and start monetizing that because that's obviously the end goal is using these social media platforms to monetize and, you know, make an income from it.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so just a quick transition, you built this, you know, huge brand, uh, as you know, um, all of the, the content, it's just a pure content brand, right? Um, how, how did you do that? Like, what is the kind of content that you can use right off the bat that uh, that sparks that without having to, you know, be a, a certain type of person or whatever the case may be to, uh, to build that brand?
2: So I mean it just comes down to what's what people are interested in right in Austin in particular like I said the reason I started it was because the food scene here is phenomenal and people are always looking for places to eat so that's essentially why you know I started taking pictures of food just because I liked you know the aesthetic of it and I like posting them just for fun and then if you think about it now people look People's menus are looking at the pictures versus actually reading the pictures. So that's kind of how I started building that content. And as I started getting more and more involved, I tried to find ways to differentiate myself from every other food uh, blogger or person that posts on food, just getting creative, making the food come to life, right? Like for example, you know, taking a grilled cheese and pulling it apart to get the cheese to kind of uh, stick out, right? That aesthetic, that's, those are the types of pictures that people like seeing and then they see that, then they go to the page and then they go to the page and then they essentially go to the restaurant and then there's a conversion right there. And then you can take that data and then, you know, convert that and monetize that into something.
0: You know, you, you just mentioned something I just kind of thought of. So, you know, people are transitioning to being more you know, visually stimulated when it comes to food, right? Because it is more available and it's in our pockets with our phones and, and whatnot. Do you think that, you know, like COVID, for example, has changed any of the way that restaurants interact with people? Like, for example, all of the menus in restaurants are like QR codes now, which makes putting pictures there very easy, like little things like that. Have you seen any transitions and in, into that kind of thinking?
2: 100%. And I think just, you know, the social media, like digital media market itself has expanded because of the pandemic, right? Because people are trying to get, Awareness of their brand out there, and the best way of doing it is through social media. You think about it; you don't you don't look at ads on, in a newspaper anymore, or you know, on TV. Yeah, you might have an ad here or there, but ultimately, everything is done through social media, and that's a great way of marketing to a larger audience, especially uh, millennials and uh, Gen Z. That's all they. That's all we. They and we essentially use, right? So that's something that I've noticed is that it's just expanded in the market. It's just becoming more and more valuable each day. And I think the other thing that's really valuable is the fact that technically it's all free.
0: Yeah, like there's nothing stopping you from going out and posting your content where traditionally, you know, there were gatekeepers with the newspapers and you had to pay a lot of money to be on TV or the radio. I mean, anybody can go out there and start pushing that content.
2: Yeah, exactly. It literally just, all it takes is just having the content, right? The content is the most important thing. Once you have the content, all it takes is essentially to have one, maybe two of your posts. If it can go viral, you can gain, you know, five, 10,000 followers. And then you have your following. And once you hit 10 K, you have that credibility that people are going to start, you know, reaching out to do business with you and then you have your your credibil- You have the credibility there. The biggest thing though is the engagement. So following is one thing, but the one thing you wanna keep in mind is the engagement. And this is for both people that are trying to start their account or trying to work with accounts that are big. You don't wanna just look at their following because their following could be deceitful. They might have 80, 90,000 followers, but if they're only getting a couple hundred likes and a couple of comments, that means that their following isn't, engaging with their posts, meaning that their posts aren't getting reached to the audience that they should have, or they could even have fake followers or sometimes people buy fake followers. So something to keep in mind there. But then if you have an account that has, you know, 10, 15,000 followers, but they're getting thousands of likes, thousands of comments, then that means that their community is really well built and the demographic is really good. So that means that, you know, they have a great engagement rate, which should be easier to monetize from that perspective. So it's it's safe to say you'd rather have 20,000 followers that are
0: highly engaged, always, you know, interacting with your posts than a million followers who don't do anything.
2: Yep, exactly, because if you think about the engagement, if, you know, for example, you go on my one of my food pay, uh posts and you see something that you like and you tag Luke in it and Luke's never seen it, then that's just going to be an easy acquisition of a follower because of that engagement. But if I have you know, already 80,000 followers, but they don't interact, then the acquisition to get more followers is going to be a lot harder than ones that are easier to get when they're already engaging with your post.
0: Well, yeah, that makes complete sense because if your 80,000 followers aren't doing anything, then only those 80,000 followers are going to see your post.
2: Yeah. And not not even all 80,000 followers are going to see your post. It's going to be stagnant where Instagram's going to only be sending it to the ones that are interacting and the likelihood of those ones interacting are less. And it's going to just going to keep decreasing and decreasing over time where that number is going to be negligible and that account's going to be irrelevant. Wow.
1: Yeah. So Obi, you've had like some phenomenal success uh, at this so far. Um, but uh, along the way, like what have you learned? What are the, like, the big takeaways, things that maybe didn't go exactly as planned or you should have done differently?
2: Yeah. So I think a big one is essentially kind of following the trends, right? So I, you know, I will be the first one to admit my engagement rates when I uh, was about two years in were not very good. I started off great and then it started dipping. And I realized this started dipping because of the fact that I wasn't engaging in with other accounts, right? I had about 15,000 followers. I thought I was on top of the world because I had 15,000 followers. So I wasn't liking or commenting or interacting with anyone on the platform. You thought you made it. I thought I made it, yeah. Yeah. 15,000 followers thought I made it, but I clearly didn't. And at that point, you know, I realized that, you know, I needed to start interacting with individuals. So that was one thing that I, you know, definitely slipped up on. And the second thing was following the trends, like I said, in regards to start looking at things that Instagram was implementing, right? And becoming an early adopter, IGTV, Instagram Reels. So that was a big thing was start pushing Instagram Reels. And I didn't do that at first. And that also hurt my engagement. So those are two things that I essentially started doing and now kind of back on track in the way I want to go. Do you think Instagram punishes you in any way for not using those, ex- those additional tools? To some extent, I don't think... Uh, it, it doesn't punish you, but it doesn't help you. Sure. I think that's a big thing is, I think it rewards those that do do it because like I said, if you start doing Instagram reels, your post will start going into that explore page. And the way you can find that out is, for those of you that don't know, you can actually convert your Instagram into a business profile that will show you all the analytics of what your posts are doing. And it'll show exactly who is looking at your post from like your homepage as in like your you know direct feed who is looking at through your hashtag, who is looking at it through sends to some other people, and then also looking at through the explore page. And you can see the numbers accordingly per post, which is, I think, very fascinating. And that's, you know, the proof in the pudding right there. So let's let's dive into
0: those analytics for a second. So I'm assuming you have a business profile. Yep. So w- when you're presented your analytics report, whenever that may be, or when you log on to see it, I mean what do those numbers actually mean to you? What do you what are your takeaways from it? Do you change what you're doing? I mean what kind of goes through your thought process there? Yeah,
2: so I think a big thing is, you know, looking at the number of impressions, right? An impression is one way that someone has somewhat uh interacted with your post right like comment like comment even view just even looking at it that counts as an impression right so essentially you want to look at the number of impressions and if your impression rate is high that's obviously good because your engagement rate is high right then you want to look at your likes comments shares sends and then you want to see how those impressions are being made right Are they being made through the home page the explore page the hashtag page. Because ultimately, if it's made through the home page, that means that Instagram liked your content right off the bat that it started pushing it out. Explore page, same thing. Hashtag, same thing. And then the other page, it's because someone... An individual user likes it that they start sending it to other people and they essentially start interacting that way, right? So that's the first thing you want to look at. The other big thing you want to look at from a monetization standpoint is the demographics, right? Like who are the people? Like what is the age range, male or female? What locations they are in? So I have about 35,000, over 35,000 followers. 58% of those followers are in the Austin area. And just in the Austin, the greater Austin area, I would say it's about 75%, right? So Mm -hmm. my demographic is pretty, pretty good for you know those people that are looking to advertise within Austin. And the other thing you want to look at is essentially when your followers are active. That's another big thing because you want to look to see, okay when are my followers most active? Is it, you know, 12 to six on a Sunday or one to two on a Wednesday? And that's what also dictates posting times, right? Another thing, you know, going back to what Luke asked earlier about, you know, what I've done differently is I actually look at the times that I post because that's an important thing because it actually helps with your engagement On when you actually release that post versus in the past, you know, once you, you know, take a picture, you get super excited to post, you would post it. That's not the same case anymore. That's why I don't get any likes on my pictures because I like, post them at the wrong time. That could be it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, th- th- thank you uh, for that. I mean, that's, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of thought that goes into all this stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, someone like me who hasn't been um, you know, super engaged with this part of um, advertising and whatnot, I'm um, definitely excited to learn a little bit more about this. Um, I-, I guess, like, as a word of... Um, you know, maybe advice or whatever the case may be to some of the people listening to this, what are three things, you know, they should make sure to do uh, when they're getting started with a social media brand?
2: Yeah, so I think the first thing is passion, right? That's the most important thing at the end of the day because if you're not passionate about what you're doing and you don't believe in it, then how is anyone else going to believe in it? Right. I had a lot of people when I first started this, they, they doubted me. They're like, this is not going to turn into anything. And, you know, they would make fun of me. Cause you know, I'm also a dude taking pictures of food. Like, you know, that's, you know, something that's not something you see every day, <laughs> but ultimately they, they doubted me, but I had a passion for food. So I did it. So I would say passion is so important when it comes to starting something, regardless of what it is in your life. The second thing is finding a mentor or finding someone in that space that has done it or has success because the best way of learning is by being able to see someone else do it firsthand and just getting advice from them along the way and having someone to guide you through that process Mm -hmm. because ultimately that's the biggest thing is just being able to have that mentorship and then the third thing I would say is on top of that is to build your brand by building a network. So not only finding a mentor, but start reaching out and putting yourself out there, right? Don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to individuals that, you know, you've never interacted with before to get their advice or, you know, reach out to a business to see if they're willing to take a chance on you or work with you. I think that's another big thing is building your brand or network because at the end of the day, what goes around comes around. And I think that's something that's so important. So I know you asked me three things, but ultimately I think the biggest thing is, is that you can really make a dream into reality at the end of the day too. So, you know, one thing that, you know, I've also done with the, with the Instagram is I've actually developed an application now too, which is something that I would have never thought in a million years that I would have been able to, uh, you know, get off the ground. But I've been able to even build an application through this hobby that you know turned into you know a paid opportunity to now something that you know could go into a you know a long term thing so you know just never give up on you know what you have to do and you know you know shoot for the stars you know and I'm very happy to say that
0: I am a user of your app. I've used it before we were hanging out with some buddies uh the other week and we used it and found a great restaurant, and the food was awesome so let's spend some time talking about your app you know, what's that origin story? Why did you create an app?
2: Yeah, so when it came to, you know, food and obviously having the account, a lot of people would always ask me like, Hey, Opie, like, where should I go eat? And to be honest with you, I got kind of sick of answering that question. And also a little bit overwhelmed too, just because I've been to quite a few restaurants, I think 356 restaurants as of last week that I've been to in the last five years. So it actually took me a second to, you know, think about, you know, what would be a good recommendation. So I figured, you know, why don't we just make an app out of this, right? Why don't we make this fun and, you know, make it a way for people to, you know, find something to eat uh, you know When they're not sure what to eat So essentially what we've done Is we've created a randomizer So this randomizer essentially will s- Show you, you know, where you can Essentially go eat So if you, you know, click on the randomizer It will give you a recommendation of a restaurant it will show you, you know, some images of some of the food that are on the Instagram that you know on are on the app. You have the website of the uh, restaurant directly linked there, so you can actually see the menu of the restaurant if you would like. You can call the restaurant directly. You can see it on Google and Apple Maps, so then you can actually go right to the restaurant from the app, and then ultimately the um, you can see a price point. And then ultimately, the biggest thing is you can save those restaurants too, right? So it's kind of like the concept of a dating app if you think about it, because you're able to you know discard or you know continue with the restaurant by saving it, and then you can go through and then essentially save those restaurants and then pick a restaurant with you know if it's your significant other, your friends, your family, or whoever that may be.
0: Yeah, I think that that save feature is really powerful because you know maybe you hit the randomizer and it spits out a sushi place and like, yeah, you just aren't feeling sushi that night, but that place looks. Fire, yeah. So you know
2: you want to tuck it away, save it for a rainy day kind of type thing. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of sushi, too, the other cool feature is we can all you can also filter by cuisine. So if you're feeling you know sushi, if you're feeling Mediterranean or Asian or American food, you can filter by there, and then it'll spit out all the Asian spots, all the Asian restaurant spots, all the American restaurant spots, so on and so forth. And then if you don't like the randomizer and you actually want to see a compiled list of restaurants, we also have a, a page on there that we have our top spots on the app. And then also it's Netflix style where you can scroll through and see all the American restaurants, all the Mexican uh, restaurants, so on and so forth. And there's about 150 restaurants on the app uh, as of right now. So there's literally no excuse in the world of not being able to pick a place to eat. Exactly. Especially in Austin there's not. And then we'll be rolling out to other cities as well. So not only have, do we have the app, but we've also scaled and now we're growing the business to other cities. So we have accounts in Atlanta, Boston, Portland, and Chicago. Denver, New York, and LA are on the map are on the roadmap.
1: Denver's on the map. You need some help there?
2: Actually, Luke, I definitely could take you up on that. <laughs> Look at that. Luke's making business moves on the podcast. <laughs> what an
0: opportunist. Yeah, it's um, all about you know, so, you know, obviously everybody's going to be in different stages in their entrepreneurial journey, right? Some people are just starting, some people are growing and you're kind of in that growth phase, right? Like you just said, you're expanding into other cities. So, you know, what are some, are there any challenges with expanding out? Because, you know, you can only be in one place. You're in Austin. So, you know, what are some challenges that you've had to overcome with expanding to new cities?
2: Yeah. So I think the big thing is, consistency of the message, right? I think you know finding a way that you're not repeating yourself, but at the same time making sure that the brand is consistent across the board. So I think that's been one of the bigger challenges is making sure that Chicago, Portland, Boston, and Atlanta mirror the content that we have in Austin, Mm -hmm. right? Because if they don't, then that's gonna be off brand. So I think that's one of the bigger challenges. And then the second thing is just making sure everyone's on the same page and the consistency, right? It's one thing that I'm passionate about it, but those people that also are on those accounts, I know that they're passionate about it. So I want to make sure that they're also in it for the long term because, you know, our goal here with Food Heads is to become like the next eater where we're in all these different cities. You can utilize the app, you know, in all these, you know, if you go to Chicago for the weekend to see someone or Portland, same exact concept. That's exactly what we're looking to do here in the next three to five years.
0: And also from like an organic growth standpoint, I mean, how cool would it be if I, you know, I mean, I'm from Indiana, so Chicago is very close to me. How cool would it be when I go home and I visit my friends in Chicago? I can whip out the app and yep. be like, "Hey, I use this in Austin. They got it here now. All you know, now all their friends know about it, and that's just another great
2: example of organic growth. Yep, and then just building the brand, right? That's the biggest thing. And I think, you know, when it came to the. Logo itself, it's a funny story Because I, when I first started I didn't really have a logo my, my friend literally used the state of Texas And just cut out a cheeseburger In the state of Texas And that's what the logo was And it was cool But I wanted to make it more fun and i wanted it to come to life right so i thought you know using that same brand of the burger i thought it'd be cool to make an animated burger and make the mouth austin or food head so essentially that's something that will kind of stick right Mm -hmm. so i think it's fun it's a little witty and uh a little cheesy but you know pun intended there but uh it uh it all worked out love
1: that Awesome. So, um, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot, a lot on the map uh, planned for not only this year, but uh, next three to five years. It sounds like. But um, what is kind of like? What are the big milestones for you coming up here? What should we be looking out for in twenty twenty one?
2: Yeah. So, I think the big thing is uh, again those account, those other accounts outside of Austin to continue growing. Austin to continue growing as well. Uh, You know, the app itself is something that we're really going to be putting some time into. I think, you know, some of these big updates that we're looking to do with the app itself is to essentially, uh, you know, make it more filtered where, you know, you can now target by, you know, location. So if you're in North Austin, you want to look for restaurants in North Austin, South Austin, East, uh, West, et cetera, Uh, essentially having a feature where, you know, uh, we're integrated with OpenTable or Resi so then you can make a reservation right off the app uh, you know, Uber eats favor, uh, and ScrubHub, and some of these other delivery apps have an integration with them. So then you can actually deliver food, you know, right from the app itself, you know, if you're at the comfort of your home. So those are some of the updates that we're essentially kind of looking for here soon. And then obviously continue to grow, you know, the business and move the needle forward.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the most important things like we've talked about with growing the business is, is the brand and the community. So what is the food heads community all about?
2: Yeah. So I think with the community itself, it's just people that have a passion for food, right? That love, you know, looking at food, eating food, you know, critiquing food, you know, from Food Heads itself, you know, we're not necessarily a critique. It's more we're there to help spread awareness, right? Like more marketing the the food and, you know, other businesses within Austin, uh, to help promote their brands. And I think that's a big thing for us. You know, we're not here to necessarily bash a restaurant, but at the same time, if the restaurant isn't as good to our ple- uh, pleasing, you, we just won't post about it. I think silence is stronger than, you know, bashing a restaurant on, on the page. So that's something that, you know, we do. And I think the community is just all about people that are like-minded like us that just have a passion for, for, for food.
0: Very nice. And you know, w- You know, fortunate for us, you're our first uh, person to be interviewed on the podcast, which, you know, obviously we we really appreciate that. And, you know, with with the whole message of the real venture, you know, we want to inspire entrepreneurs. And I think that we've done a good job here of of, you know, exposing an area that everybody could take advantage of. But, you know, the last question I want to ask you is, why are you an entrepreneur? Like, why do you do what you do?
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's just, there's so much fulfillment, right? There's so much upside, you know, I'm a risk taker and I'm an op, I'm an optimist as well. And, you know, when I have an idea, I want to run with it, right? You know, I'm very um, money motivated as well, where you know, want to make a great income and a good standard of living. But at the end of the day, want to accomplish something in my life, right? You know, I think working, you know, eight to five is, you know, great. And you have that, you know, opportunity, but at the same time, you can go above and beyond that and find something that you're passionate about and make that you you know essentially you can make that your you know your full time job or your full time gig at the end of the day, so I think that 's something that really inspires me and really lights a fire under me is that I can make a difference there in not only myself but also in the community and i 'll give you that example. Uh, we actually had a you know pretty bad snowstorm here in Austin about a week or two ago, and a lot of individuals didn 't really know you know what was open for food or for water and I was able to use our platform to essentially spread awareness of all the different restaurants and areas that were open for, you know, food and for water and the amount of messages that, you know, we got for that was one of the most rewarding things, right? Just saying, you know, hey, thank you for posting these like, you know, you saved us for this day and it went a long way, right? And this makes me go back and that's the motivation that gets me going every single day. there's multiple days I'm like I don't want to do this anymore, like I'm done with this, but then I realized, I'm like no, keep going, keep looking forward, keep following your dreams, because at the end of the day, if someone else can do it, you can do it too. Jeff Bezos started somewhere with Amazon. He probably was in a shack thinking about, all right, how am I going to get this delivery services going? And now he's got AWS and all these other legs. Same thing with Food Heads, right? Started into an Instagram account. and Now we're essentially managing social media. We have an app going we have, you know, selling merchandise, there's so many different streams that we're essentially doing. And now we're looking to get in the podcast uh, business, thanks to you guys. So there's so much opportunity and you just got to take advantage of it.
0: Well, Opie, first off, you know, once again, just thank you so much for coming on for, for everybody that's listening at home, you know,
2: plug, plug food heads, where can we find you? Yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, you can follow, like I said, you know, Instagram is our main platform. So, you know, at Austin Foodheads and then at any of the other um, cities that I mentioned, Portland, Atlanta, Boston, and Chicago, but then, you know, our app, you can download it both on the Apple store and the Google store. If you just type in food heads, you'll find it there. And then we also have a website, austinfoodheads.com. If you want more information there as well. Okay, absolutely. And then, you know, just to continue in the, uh, in the name of shameless plugs, you know, we really
0: appreciate everybody for supporting the real venture. So, you know, follow on Spotify, uh, subscribe on, uh, Apple and iTunes rate review, and then, uh, hit us up on all our social media. will all be down in the description of the episode. Uh, you know, once again, we just appreciate all of you guys and, you know, you're the reasons that, you know, we're able to bring people on like Opie and share, you know, all of, you know, I mean,
2: all of these great learning opportunities. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks again for having me Peyton. And, uh, thanks again, Luke.
1: Yep. Keep it real, everybody.